Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, January 12th. Coming up, we'll explain how Missouri is redrawing its congressional districts and how that could impact voters and Congress. But first, some headlines. Kansas City Public Schools' decade-long quest for full accreditation is finally over. Yesterday morning, the Missouri State School Board of Education voted unanimously to grant full accreditation to the district, citing its improved graduation rates, math and English language arts scores, and consistent leadership. Superintendent Mark Bedell told the board that the work to improve the district isn't over yet. We're we're, going to celebrate today because we deserve that. But tomorrow we roll up our sleeves. We have a lot of work to do. This is a landmark moment for the district, which lost accreditation in 2011. It regained provisional accreditation in 2014. Missouri's rate of COVID-19 hospitalizations is now the 10th highest in the U.S. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. Nearly 3,200 people are being hospitalized with COVID in Missouri each day. That's 50% more than the state reported in the final week of December. Hospitals across the state are reporting critical staff shortages due to healthcare workers going into quarantine or isolation. In the Kansas City area, daily hospitalizations have reached a high of 211, and local emergency department wait times are at all-time highs. Hospital leaders have urged the public to get COVID vaccines and boosters, which significantly reduce severe illness. As of Monday, there were over a thousand COVID patients hospitalized in Kansas. The University of Missouri system will not require masks on its campuses when the spring semester starts next week. Sebastian Martinez Valdivia reports. The UM System Board of Curators voted down two recommendations to reinstitute masking requirements in response to record high COVID cases and hospitalizations. Despite a wealth of evidence that masks reduce COVID transmission, curators questioned the effectiveness of mandates before the vote. UM System President Moon Choi proposed mandating masks in indoor spaces where attendance was required and distancing wasn't possible. He pointed to the Omicron-driven spike in cases, straining staffing in important areas like system hospitals. Recently, we have seen that many members of our critical workforces are having to isolate and quarantine because of the rapid spread of the Omicron virus. There are more than 160 active cases among faculty and staff across the UM system. I'm Sebastian Martinez Valdivia, KBI News, Columbia. A bill in the Missouri Senate would increase the minimum funding requirements for the Kansas City Police Department. So Lisa Kalakal has more. Missouri law currently requires Kansas City to fund the KCPD at a minimum of 20% of the city's general fund. A bill introduced by Senator Tony Lukemeyer proposes to increase that to 25%. Mayor Quinton Lucas testified against it, arguing it would not guarantee pay increases for officers. I support funding our police officers. I support giving them pay raises. I support supporting our rank and file. This legislation does not do that. For the upcoming fiscal year, the KCPD is requesting a 9% increase over last fiscal year's $261 million budget. 
Red Cross says it's seeing its worst blood shortage in more than a decade. Joe Zidlow is a spokesman for the Red Cross region that includes Missouri and parts of Kansas. He says the national crisis is hitting patients here, too. Hospitals are only getting a portion of the blood that they'd normally expect. You know, we have less, less than a day supply, probably more like three quarters of day supply, maybe less than that. So that's, you know, that demand is far outweighing what we have supply wise. The ideal is to have a five-day supply on hand, but many blood drives are being canceled because of the pandemic. If you want to give, you can visit redcrossblood.org to find a donation center near you. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia-Dean. Every 10 years, states redraw their congressional districts based on new population data from the U.S. Census. And that process can have a big impact on what Congress looks like and how Americans are represented in our legislature. I'm here with Jason Rosenbaum, political correspondent for St. Louis Public Radio, to talk about how redistricting is going in Missouri so far. Hi, Jason. Hi, thanks for having me. So just to start off, can you talk about how redistricting works in Missouri? For congressional redistricting, it, it works a lot like any other bill that goes through the Missouri legislature. A Missouri lawmaker files a bill that has the redrawn maps with Missouri's eight congressional districts. It goes to committee, it gets debated in the House and the Senate, and eventually the final product goes to Governor Mike Parson for his signature. So it pretty much works out like a, a, a bill to rename a highway or to fund the budget, but it's obviously something that only happens once every 10 years. So what do congressional districts look like in Missouri right now? Right now, there are five districts that are considered heavily Republican, two that are considered heavily Democratic, and one in the St. Louis region the second district that is represented by Congresswoman Ann Wagner, that is literally a 50-50 district. And those two solidly Democratic districts that you mentioned are in Kansas City and St. Louis, right? Yes. One of them is in Kansas City, the fifth district, which is currently held by Emanuel Cleaver, the former Kansas City mayor who's been there, I think, since 2005. The other is the first congressional district, which takes in all of the city of St. Louis and parts of St. Louis County. That is currently held by Congresswoman Cori Bush, who is uh, from St. Louis County. She knocked off an incumbent in 2020, Lacey Clay, who had held the seat since 2000. So how do Republican lawmakers want to change this map? Currently, the proposed map that's been put forth by the chairman of the House Redistricting Committee makes some changes to what we have now, but not what I would consider substantial changes. The first district that I mentioned before that was that's held by Cori Bush lost about 50,000 people. So it needs to expand into the second district. And that means that the second district will have to change and the rest of the districts are going to also change due to a cascading effect. But this map doesn't really markedly change the dynamics that I mentioned earlier. Uh, there are still going to be five solidly Republican seats, two solidly Democratic seats, one in St. Louis and one in Kansas City. And the Wagner seat will become more Republican, but not so substantially that a Democrat would not have a chance in a wave Democratic year. How do they know that that district will become more Republican? Basically, 
because Cori Bush will be picking up heavily Democratic parts of St. Louis County to make up for the population loss. Um, the, Wagner's district is going to move further west into St. Charles County, which has been a Republican stronghold for about 20 or 30 years now. And the way they have redrawn the second district takes in a large chunk of western St. Charles County, which is like a 65, 70% Republican area. So the second district will become like a plus five Republican district up from basically a 50-50 district right now. And for someone like Wagner, who has been able to win a 50-50 district pretty easily, uh, it, it's gonna make it much more difficult to defeat her as long as she continues to run for office. So how have Democrats responded to this plan? Democrats, especially in the House, have a lot more leverage in this process than anybody imagined. Um, because the Republicans in the House no longer have a, a supermajority, and it requires a supermajority for the map to be uh, put into effect before the August 2nd primary, the Republicans need Democratic votes in order to pass this map. So to answer your question more directly, I think Democrats have not been that upset with the map, primarily because it does not try to uh, turn the 5th District from a reliably Democratic outpost to solidly Republican turf. But they would probably like to see the 2nd District made into a 50-50 district or even like a plus one Democratic district. I don't know if they'll have a lot of success in getting their vision of redistricting through the legislature, but uh, they will actually be a factor in making sure that the map is not so wildly gerrymandered against it, it, Democrats, especially in Kansas City. So where does the redistricting process stand now? Right now, as we're recording this, the map is going through the House committee process. And once that happens, it will hit the House floor and then go to the Senate. It's going to be a very contentious process because even though most people that I've talked to expect that the final outcome will be what's known as a 6-2 map, which is six Republican districts and two Democratic districts, there are a number of Republicans that would want a 7-1 to map that goes after Emanuel Cleaver's district by splitting Kansas City into three districts. The problem is there's really not much time for the legislature to finish this. The filing period starts in late February and goes through the end of March. And a lot of legislative leaders want to finish congressional redistricting by that time frame so they don't have to move the filing period. So why is redistricting important? What, what kind of impact does it have on Missouri's representation in Congress? I'm really glad you asked that question because for political junkies like myself, redistricting can almost seem like a game and a lot of political observers get a lot of satisfaction out of the intrigue and the infighting over how a map is going to be drawn. But for everyday people, how these congressional districts are designed is, is extremely important. How Republican or Democratic a district is could have a massive effect of our state's representation in Congress, and also how money flows to certain communities like Kansas City and St. Louis. And it also provides a, a glimpse over the next 10 years over 
what our delegation is going to be like that's going to go to Washington and make really critical decisions on our behalf. It, it could be anything from infrastructure funding to something as grave and serious about sending our nation to war. Redistricting truly is one of the most important things that is done in the Missouri legislature in a decade-long period. Well, this is great. I feel like I better understand redistricting in Missouri now. I'm very glad to be of service there. Jason Rosenbaum is a political correspondent for St. Louis Public Radio. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for having me. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more coverage of COVID-19 and the Missouri Legislature, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news stories from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll learn more about Kansas City Public Schools' 10-year struggle to regain accreditation. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.